Appreciate that prayer, Richard. If you will, please open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Our lesson text will be verses 23 through 35. Matthew 18, 23 through 35. This happens to be the parable of the unforgiving servant. Jesus, as we know, was and is the master teacher. There's never been a teacher like Jesus. He knew just exactly what to say and how to say the things that need to be said to get the best results. And one thing that we learn as we study his teachings is that he used a lot of parables. Parables, as you know, are earthly stories with heavenly or spiritual meanings. Some members do not approve of preachers using stories to illustrate points in their sermons, but Jesus used stories. Illustrations are good unless one's illustration becomes his sermon. Then it's not good. Parables illustrate and reinforce biblical truths that are taught elsewhere in other places in Scripture. One of the things that parables do for us when we're being taught in this form is it can embalm truth in our minds in such a way that we'll never forget it. You know, a lot of times when preachers preach, people may not remember anything that he preached on other than maybe a story that he told. You know, I don't tell jokes from the pulpit, but some do, and I don't approve of that, I don't agree with that, but uh, when they tell jokes, a lot of people remember the joke, but they don't remember the message that was preached. That's not what this is about. We want to use parables as did Jesus in a way to put truth into our minds in a way that we can hold on to it so that it will be in our long-term memory so we'll not forget the truths that are taught. It has been said that each parable has one main point. Therefore, it helps to study each parable searching for the main point. That's not to say that it does not have sub-points or other lessons that we can learn, but we need to look for that one main point that's really outstanding, what the speaker is really trying to get across. And so today we will notice several things about forgiveness. But this morning I want us to to really focus on the main point that Jesus is trying to drive home as he uses this parable of the unforgiving servant. First of all, you can put point number one, let's just discuss the parable. The parable would be the earthly story. So if you will, with your Bibles open to Matthew 18, we'll begin reading with verse 23. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king, which would take account of his servants. So we see right off the bat that the kingdom of heaven he's talking about here, and we know that the kingdom of heaven and the church is one and the same. We can go back to Matthew 16, verse 18 and 19, and you remember that Jesus said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys to the kingdom of heaven. 
And so there the church and kingdom of heaven are used interchangeably. And so when Jesus in this parable talks about the kingdom of heaven, he is also talking about the church since they are one and the same. In this parable, Jesus is describing some aspect of the church. And I believe that aspect that he's describing is forgiveness. So he's talking about in the church, in the kingdom, and then he talks about forgiveness. The church is like a king that called his servants to take account of them. Or, as the new King James says, who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. In other words, his servants owed him. And he wanted to bring them in and for them to pay him what they owed him. Now, verse 24. And when he began to reckon, one was brought unto him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, a talent is not really a piece of money. It's an amount. Scholars have estimated the value of a talent of silver from, to be from $1,000 to $1,500 in value. Taking the latter figure, Brother Winton says that 10,000 talents would equal $16 million dollars. And if you were talking about talents of gold, the value would be much greater. The debt would be far more than even $16 million worth of debt. So the point there is this. The servant's debt was huge. He owed a lot. I mean, how in the world would a man be able to repay $16 million. I couldn't do that in a lifetime. Probably in 16 lifetimes, I couldn't repay that kind of debt. Now, verse 25 through 27. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and children, and all that he had, and the payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. Don't you know that was a happy day for that man? You see, under the law of Moses, it was actually tolerated that when one owed so much debt, he could actually sell himself. He could sell his family. Uh, he could be sold to pay the debt. Leviticus 25, verse 39, and also verse 47. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. And so the servant asked for time. He just, he said, be patient. Give me time. Give me time to, to pay my debt. But his debt was actually too great for him to pay. In a sense, he was like all that have sinned. When you think about it, my debt, your debt, is too great for us to pay. In Titus chapter 2, verse 14, 
Paul wrote and said, talking about Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. You see, Jesus paid a debt that he did not owe. We had a debt that we could not pay. It was far more than millions and millions of dollars. We know what it's like to be in debt and unable to pay the debt. But we notice here that in this parable, the king had great compassion. Isn't that the same thing that the Samaritan had uh, that found the man that had been beaten and robbed of thieves and left half dead? The two religious people walked by, the priest and the Levite, and they looked, they saw the need, but they just went over on the other side. They kept on going. But the Samaritan came along, he saw the man in need, and he stopped and did everything he could do to bless that man and help that man. Why? Because he had compassion. The religious people did not have it. But that person that was looked upon as being a dog had compassion. You know, it's a crying shame when people of the world have and show more compassion than people of the church. It should never be. This king had great compassion. He had mercy. Mercy. And he freed his servant and he wiped away his huge debt. It was forgiven in full. Now look at verse 28. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. The forgiven man went out and found a fellow servant that owed him somewhere between fifteen and twenty dollars. And he violently grabs his fellow servant by the throat and begins to shake him, saying, pay me what you owe me. Keep in mind that this servant had just been forgiven millions of dollars because his Lord had compassion on him. You see, he was about to lose all that he had to be sold, to be a slave and his family and everything. But his Lord had compassion and saved him from all that suffering. But now he, on the other hand, wants the one that owes him to pay him immediately this small amount. Verse 29 through 31. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me. I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Now the second servant responded to the first servant in the same manner that the first servant responded to the king. He fell down at this man's feet 
And he said, have patience with me. Same thing. Give me some time. And I will pay off. The first servant had no compassion whatsoever. He showed no mercy and he was very unforgiving. For $20 or less, he had his fellow servant cast into prison. When other servants witnessed the action of the first servant, how that he was so unforgiving, realizing that this man had just been forgiven a large sum of debt, these other servants went to the king, or to the Lord, and told him what they had witnessed. Verse 32 through 34 then his Lord, after he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. This is the main point of the, of the parable, actually. You see, the first servant had been forgiven his enormous debt by his compassionate Lord. And he should have had pity on his fellow servant and forgiven him his debt. Because of his unwillingness to forgive his Lord, delivered him to the tormentors. In other words, he would be punished. Uh, because he refused to forgive one who sought his forgiveness. And so the point is, the one that was forgiven should have treated the one that owed him the same way that he'd been treated. To have compassion, love, mercy, and forgiveness in his heart. And freed him of his debt. But no, he wouldn't do that. He cast him into prison. Now, let's look at the spiritual meaning. Let's look at the spiritual meaning of this earthly story. Verse 35. Jesus makes it plain for us, so we can't miss it. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if from your hearts forgiveness forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. So you see, Jesus used an earthly story with which we can relate and understand. But then he gives us the spiritual meaning. This is what he's trying to get across to us. If we do not forgive others their trespasses, God will not forgive us our trespasses. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15, the very same truth is taught, just not in parabolic form. Notice, Jesus said, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You see? The same thing that was taught in the parable, Jesus had taught earlier in Matthew chapter 6. He just didn't use a parable to teach it. 
in Luke chapter 6, verse 37. The Bible says, Judge not, that ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Watch this. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. If there's anything in this world that I need, it's forgiveness. I need mercy. I need to be, I need compassion. I need God's grace. I need forgiveness. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And John said, if we say we uh, do not sin, we lie and do not the truth. We deceive ourselves. So then we ask the question, how often am I to forgive someone that sins against me? You remember, before Jesus gave the parable, he was asked that same question by Peter. So just back up to Matthew chapter 18. Look at verse 21 and 22. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. In other words, there's really no end to it. Seventy times seven. In other words, you keep forgiving as they keep seeking your forgiveness. As they keep repenting and asking forgiveness, you keep forgiving them. We are to always be compassionate towards our fellow man, and especially our brothers and sisters in Christ, and always willing to forgive. In Luke chapter 17, verse 3 and 4, Jesus said, Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. If he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again unto thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Our forgiveness is contingent upon whether or not we have the same spirit, and that we are compassionate and forgiven and forgiving others. So Jesus, the loving, Jesus is the loving and merciful and compassionate King. And so the King or the Lord you would expect to be the perfect example, to set the tone, to, to do what was right. And in the parable, the King forgave that man those millions of dollars but yet, even greater than that. When the king was nailed upon that old rugged cross for the debt that was not his. In Luke 23, verse 34, the king said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We, like the first servant, owed a debt that we could not possibly pay. In Luke chapter 7, verse 47, Jesus was talking about the woman that was uh, very wicked and sinful, and she had repented. And in verse 37, he said, Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. I think about her, I think about myself. 
where do I fall in there? Where do you fall in there? How, how much have you sinned? Have you sinned only a little? Or are your sins like mine? And are your sins like hers? Have you sinned a lot? Then if you've sinned a lot, you need to be forgiven a lot. And that should cause you to love a lot. May we always show compassion and be ready always to forgive others. We should want others to do right and not wrong. We should strive to help and not harm. We should want to build up and not tear down. And we should love and not hate. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 23 uh, verse 32 Ephesians 4:32 Paul said to the church at Ephesus be ye kind one to another You see when our attitude is wrong we're going to be wrong We don't keep our attitude right we're going to say and do things that we will regret We will say and do things for which we will have to answer if we do not repent it starts by being kind one to another. It's always right to be kind. Tenderhearted. Now notice this. Forgiving one another. Even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. We have no right to be like the unforgiving servant, do we? He didn't have the right to act the way that he did because he had been forgiven. We have no right to act like him either because we have been forgiven. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 and 13, Paul said, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, notice, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. What a great lesson taught by Jesus. And the perfect way to use a parable, a story, to drive home a point. May we never forget that when we stop forgiving others, our Heavenly Father stops forgiving us. Now we don't want that, do we? And so we must keep the forgiving spirit of Christ and be willing always to forgive those who seek our forgiveness. If you're here and you're not a Christian, we encourage you to become one so that you can be in the great family of God. Great in the sense that it's God's family. We have the greatest father of all, the one who loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son to die upon the cross that, that we could be forgiven of our sins, that we could stand right and justified in his sight had his son not died and shed his blood to purchase the church to pay our debt, our sin debt, 
we would have no hope of eternal life. If you're here and you believe that Jesus Christ is Son of God, you're headed in the right direction, but you must also repent of your sins, Luke 13, 3. And you must confess him before men. That is to say that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, Romans 10, 9 and 10. And then be baptized because Jesus has commanded it for those that want to have their debt forgiven. Mark 16, 16, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. To have his sins remitted, Acts 2, 38. And then be like Christ. Strive to be like him. Strive to have the spirit of forgiveness always. If you're here this morning, you need to respond. If we can assist you in any way, won't you come? Us together, we stand and sing. Lord, you know.